Hey everyone, welcome to the Surrey Pentecostal Assembly Teachings Podcast. This is where we share our teachings with you so that you can stay connected no matter where you are. We hope this helps you journey with Jesus so that you can grow to be more like Him. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning, good morning. Buongiorno a tutti. Buongiorno, come stai? Tutto bene? Wow, it's International Sunday. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> How many of you feel like you've been in a completely different country this morning? Maybe put some of these. Um, it's really bright up here. I can't, I can't see anything. Um, yeah, we've been all the way to Africa. Thank you for our friends to taking us this morning to Africa. I'm going to try to bring us back to British Columbia, Canada. But uh, it's been wonderful to be here and wonderful to experience the spirit of uh, this morning. And uh, it's been quite a long time that I have not been here. But as um, most of you probably remember me, I'm one of your global workers that you support on a monthly basis. And uh, we do church planting and leadership development in uh, Europe, in the continent of Europe. We have been there for uh, 14 years working in this role as uh, uh, our, our organization is called El Aviva. I'm the executive director. And this morning I have my wife Liliana with us and my son Daniel and uh, uh, one of our Italian friends, Alessia, who is, uh, who go, who is going through our Empowered Training uh, uh, Leadership Development course in Bologna in the northern part of Italy. And we have now three young people that we've brought to Canada as an exchange and doing an experience here in Canada for a six-month stint, and so we're, we're glad to, to be able to do that as well. Um, we have worked in nine countries in Europe. We have uh, helped plant 30 churches. We have mobilized about 50 short-term mission teams. We've trained thousands of pastors and leaders and church planters uh, throughout the continent of Europe. Uh, as you know, Europe is a post-Christian continent, we're not far off here in Canada, and uh, but we're glad and honored to be part of this work and what we've seen God do in the in the past uh, 12 to 14 years. In um, one of the things that we've new, recently had to engage in is the whole uh, crisis in Ukraine due to the war, and so as you all know, and we can start our presentation here on February 24th. Uh, last year, our world changed uh, instantly when it comes to the continent, to the nation of Ukraine, as Russia began to invade this nation. You know, just before, uh, when I first started with uh, uh, working on the field, we went to Crimea, Ukraine, and planted 14 churches because we were told that uh, the Russians are going to take over Crimea and Years, few years later, they actually took over Crimea, but we were able to establish 14 churches, and now they're obviously trying to take over the entire country. And so thousands of refugees, if you go to the second slide, you'll see one of the big refugee centers there. Um, we felt like we needed to respond to this need. We felt like these refugees flowing into the nation of Poland, which in fact is where we first started planting churches back 
in the day when communism fell. We started with planting 10 churches that turned to 14, that turned to 20, that turned to 30, that turned to 40, that turned to 60 until we had a church planting movement in Poland. And now we're seeing these influx of refugees escaping, coming into, into Poland. Go to the third slide. And we see in Warsaw, one of the first things we did is partnered with national pastors in Poland and rented some office spaces and used it for refugee accommodation. And also we set up a warehouse for food distribution. And you go to the next uh, slide and you'll see the teams that are serving at the ref for the refugees, serving at the train station, serving at the bus stations and serving coffee, serving donuts and whatever it else that we could have given. And then the next slide is our warehouse where we were busy uh, filling up with food, where many of our Canadian churches helped us with this. Erdo's helped us with this. And uh, we just recently raised over $35,000 uh, during the winter months to provide food. And that is the warehouse that we are using. Moving on to the next slide, you'll see that we've already distributed over 3,000 tons of food sent to Ukraine thus far. Amen. And uh, so we're very pleased to see that happening. And the next slide, you'll see uh, our pastor and Greg, who's on our team. And uh, that's who we partnered with. And these guys, these pastors, cross the border into Ukraine, deliver food, deliver clothing, deliver necessities to those that are displaced in their own countries, the, those that have lost their homes. And... Uh, Unfortunately, some of the pastors that have been doing this work have been caught in a crossfire, and uh, unfortunately, they became casualties. Um, but that's the reality. And then we go over to the next slide, and uh, we see the Life Center. And this is what we were dreaming about. We said, you know, it's great to have the refugee centers in this big center with all of these cots and all of these accommodations, but... We feel like the refugees that are coming into Poland from Ukraine need something with more substance. They need community. They need relationship. They need hope. They need some practical help. And so we said, let's start a life center in partnership with the Polish church. And it's a center that, you go to the next slide, that almost 4,000 individuals registered within the first four months to come and take in all of the services that we provided in this. Uh, and, and that's the whole registration part. I mean, it, they just started to flood in. And one of the things, if you go to the next thing that we offer is we have a life cafe. It's a place of conversation. It's a place where they can build relationship and have ministry and have prayer. Then the other slide will show you how we offer Polish and English classes. And so they could come and learn different language. We have exercise classes and give them an opportunity to get some exercise. We also have an area for kids and youth and activities and games and, and for the refugee uh, Ukrainian kids. And then the next slide, you'll see we give free haircuts. We have professional counselors that offer counseling to these refugee families. And then lastly, we have our food distribution, which is one of our greatest needs. And so... We, we have this center that's opened up in, in Warsaw. And then in Lube, we, we just launched another one. We're planning to launch other ones. People are getting saved through the centers. Uh, families are being restored. We're giving them the help that they need beyond just having a cot in a big, large place uh, as a refugee center. How many are glad that God is doing something? And we're honored to be part 
of this. And uh, just to give you a glimpse of our work, here's a little short video in response to this crisis. Well, there you go. That's just a, a glimpse of some of our work there. Uh, please continue to pray for us. Uh, if you're feeling compelled to give, you can talk to your pastor, someone here. They, I'm sure they can help you with that. But that's that's kind of what, what's happening there. And, uh, you know, the war is far from over. The need is far from over. Uh, we started these life centers with a partnership with Samaritan's Purse. They gave about $1.5 million to start these life centers. But now we need to sustain them. And it's going to take ongoing finances to sustain them and launch new ones. And the hope and the end goal is that as people get saved, uh, in working in partnership with the Polish church, we're going to start Ukrainian churches in Poland. And that is the dream. That is the vision. That's what we're praying for. And uh, it's through churches like yourselves who help support us that uh, help us with that. In the meantime, you've heard me speak last time I was here. We were getting started in, in doing work in Italy, and uh, we, we, started, we started training leaders in the southern part of Italy. We graduated about 80 leaders there, and then we went up to the north to Bologna and ran our Empower program there, which we're doing there is right now, and then in Milan, and now we're back in Naples doing another cohort. So in the next two to three years, we will be training another 200 leaders and pastors uh, we were able to plant a church in the midst of a pandemic. I'll tell you that story a, li a little later on in the message and how that's just a miracle story, the supernatural power of God. And uh, how many of you know we sang, God has the final say? It's not the pandemic. It's not the crisis. It's not the economy. economy. It's God that has the final say. And so that's what we're going to, we're going to, that's what we're believing for. And so uh, we're, we're uh, also partnered with a church in Bologna where in the next several years we're going to help plant some other churches. They have a vision. They've identified eight cities where they want to plant eight churches. And so there's lots going on. God is on the move. Amen. God is on the move. Come on. Turn to your neighbor and say, God is on the move. Yeah. All right, you're going to help me preach this morning. We've got our African friends, so I'm glad for that because they're going to help me preach. They're going to get you stirred up this morning. Amen? Come on. Would you stand to your feet one more time as we read our text this morning? And uh, I believe God has given me a word for now for the church. And I want to encourage you and I want to challenge you at the same time this morning. And we want to read from Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 to 6. And uh, the words are behind me on the screen for you to follow. Joshua chapter 1, 1 to 6, it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, say that, now then, you and all these people get ready to cross over into the Jordan River, into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place. Yeah, you can say all the red, all the stuff in red. You can say with me. Where you set your foot, as I promised Moses, your territory will extend. God has more territory for you. God has more territory for his church. God has more territory for his kingdom. And then it says here, it says, where you set your foot, as I promised Moses, your territory will extend. In other words, we're wanting growth. We're wanting expansion. 
from the desert of Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Let's pray. Father, we pray that your word today would come alive in our hearts. It would grab a hold of our heart and it will transform our hearts. Father, I pray this morning that you would lift the souls of your people, that you would lift the faith of your people, that you would lift the spirit of your people today in this house and Father, we receive your word in the name of Jesus. Let it come alive this morning, I pray. And everyone said, amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. This morning, I want to speak to you about forward momentum. Can you say that? Forward momentum. We just don't want to be moving around, but we actually want to have forward momentum. And there's a difference. Throughout my life and ministry observation, one of the things I've observed in my journey is that there are important seasons not only in your personal life but also in the life of the church where God calls us to. He calls us to a transition. He calls us from one season into another season. He calls us from one place into another place. How many of you know that where you are today is not where God wants you to stay? Right? That sounds poetic. Uh, it, it, God doesn't want you to stay where you are. There's more. There's something uh, more preferred that he has in store for you. And so there's these important seasons of transitions where God is causing us to have to cross over, which requires us to move forward from where we are to where God actually wants us to be and go. Come on. Where are my African friends this morning? And so from, from what was and what has been to what is and to what will be. Even before God calls Joshua to make a move forward in leading the people to cross the Jordan, there was a very important movement and crossing that needed to take place. And that was Moses leading the people out of Egypt and move towards the promised land. See, that had to happen before Joshua could actually take over in, in, in the wilderness. And so this, this was a very important movement that needed to take place. Moses leading the people out of Egypt. A very important crossing. Moving them out out of 40 and 30 years of slavery into freedom. Can you imagine the challenge? But in Exodus 14 and 15, God said, Enough is enough. It's time for my people to experience freedom. And this wasn't an easy task because he had to face Pharaoh and was weeping. And God said, Moses, why are you crying? It's time, say that with me, it's time to move out of Egypt and move forward into what I have for you on the other side. How many of you know that there's another side in front of you? There is another side for you to step into this morning. And so I tell the people of Israel, he says, go tell the people of Israel to go forward. There is, if there's ever a more relevant message for the church and God's people today, having gone through what we've gone through for the last two years, the pandemic, the uncertainties, the unrest, the divisions, the confusion, the chaos, this is the message, forward momentum. 
Because it's easy for an established church like yourself to say, well, we've done everything we can do. We've been a year a here for a long time. We've built a great church and we've worked, we worked hard to reach people where we, where we are. It, let, let's just park it here for a while and just, just take it easy. But God is saying, no, we must move forward because there's still a Jordan across. Not only do we need to stand firm and be strong and have courage and have hope, but we must move forward. We can't just stand still. We need to keep moving forward. This was a critical moment. This was a transition for the people of Israel where God was moving them forward out of Egypt into a preferred future, into their promised land. And then Moses dies and we arrive to our text where God says, Joshua, it's your turn. Church, you need to know today that there is a next. There is something powerful that God has on the other side of all of this. And even as we're going through some uncertain times and economic difficulties, God says, Joshua, Moses is dead. Now arise and cross over the Jordan. Now it's time to arise, church. Now it's time to move forward. Now it's time to step out in faith and cross into the destiny that God has for you. Now it's time that you do what God has called you to do. Now it's time to continue to fulfill the Great Commission, to continue to extend our borders out and reach and being break brokers of hope. You see, the crossing season in your life and in the life of your church is incredibly significant today because the crossing and the movement season when done God's way will always lead you and me to our preferred future how many of you believe there is a preferred future for you? There's a preferred future for your marriage. There's a preferred future for your business. There's a preferred future for your church this morning. The will of God is not simply movement for the sake of moving or being busy and doing lots of activity because we're great at that as a church. But the will of God is forward momentum and there's a difference because let me tell you something, you could move and not, go, and not go anywhere. You could do a lot of moving and go in the wrong direction. You can actually, or you can actually go somewhere or you can actually go in the right direction. You can actually step into your preferred future. And so the children of Israel settled for walking and wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. Listen to me. They settled for cycles and circles. And how many times do we as a church settle for cycles and circles? They settled for walking around the mountain, for walking by the banks of the Jordan, rather than crossing over into the Jordan. They settled for the desert when they could have had the promised land. They settled for movement, but not forward momentum. They never entered into the fullness of what God had for them. Now, yes, the desert is a better place for Egypt. How many of you agree? It is a better place than Egypt. But still, it's not the promised land. It's still not the preferred future. And so, uh, it's very important. So I believe in Jesus' name, it's time to cross over into everything that God has for you on the other side of your Jordan. It's time to step into your preferred future, and you are on your way this morning. Amen? Come on, maybe some of you, you're here today, and you've settled for just enough. 
rather than more than enough. Hmm. You settled for manna and quail instead of the fullness of God's promise for you. You settled for living in tents instead of entering into cities that you did not build, homes that you did not build, vineyards that you did not have to plow, and wells that you didn't have to dig out. You settled for living in the tent of movement instead of the promise of forward momentum. You settled for desert living instead of the promised land. You settled for busyness instead of fruitfulness, believing that, th that what has been is good enough. I'm here to tell you, it's not good enough. There is more. God has more. God has more this morning. God has something more preferred for your life. God has some great promises for you. And I believe God is raising up a group of people and a church that is grateful for all that the Lord has done. But we are not going to stay here. We're not going to stay here. We're not going to stay trapped in fear. We're not going to stay trapped in our doubt. We're not going to stay trapped in our unbelief. And we're not going to stay trapped here uh, listening to the lies of the chaos that the media is telling us. There is still a preferred path and future that is getting larger and brighter in the name of Jesus. Come on. God is moving us from glory to glory, from strength to strength, from faith to faith. What does that mean? That means that the glory that you're tasting right Right now is not the glory that God wants you to taste tomorrow. That's what that means. And so it's going to cause us to move. It's going to cause us to move forward into all that he has. Settling for, the, settling for what has always been is not an option. Don't let the memories of the past be more real than the future that God has for you. And that's the problem. We get stuck just with our memories of the past. When God is saying, I've got something else for you. I've got something new. I've got something greater for you. There's a greater presence that I want to give. There's a greater sense of my glory that I want to deposit. Everything God has for you is on the other side of your Jordan. On the other side of you taking that one bold step of faith in moving forward. And you must be more committed. Church, listen to me, Spot Church. You must be more committed and dedicated to your future than your past. Your loyalty as a church must always be more committed to your future because your loyalty is connected to where God is taking you, not to where you've been. Wow. You need to always be more committed to what God wants to do now and tomorrow than how it's always been done in the past. If you are, if you're older and you're elderly in the house, come on, wave your hand at me this morning. If you're more mature... Is that better? Raise your hand. Okay, I see some hands now. <laughs> this shouldn't make you nervous because you can be young in spirit. Don't settle for an old spirit. Don't settle. Where's, where's my brother Rudy? Where's my brother Rudy? Wave your hand. There's a man who's mature and older but has a young spirit. Come on. That's what I'm talking about. You see, and if you're elderly and you've been here for a very long time, I want to say that this church needs you and it needs everything that you are and everything that you have. And so Joshua knew he was in a moment in time that could change everything. Joshua knew that this transition he was given to lead could change the destiny of a people forever. And I'm believing that God can change the destiny of our nation. He could change the destiny of Africa. He could change the destiny of Italy and Poland and Ukraine and the world all over that we serve. We were into a God that's into changing destinies. 
And so Joshua was in an open door moment where he can walk into everything God had for him and the people he was leading, but it was going to take a commitment to the future. And I'm here to ask you this question. Are you ready to commit to your future? Or are you going to stay stuck with your past memories? And the same is true for you, church. But it's one thing to enter into a new season and another to possess a new season. All right? Don't just tiptoe into it. Possess it in Jesus' name. Take it in Jesus' name. It's yours in Jesus' name. Right? That African worship just helped me this morning. Thank you. See, you know, I believe that for the past two years with the pandemic, the church has sort of got stuck in the desert. We've lost momentum. And some of us never, never have actually been able to get out of that rut. You're still sitting in the rut. You're still sitting in the desert, feeling defeated, feeling like uh, life has changed so much. It's not like it used to be. You're feeling like you can't move forward. You feel like, I don't know, I, I can't re-engage. I can't reactivate myself. How many of you know what I'm talking about? But I'm here to tell you it's time to react yourself. I'm here to tell you that the Spirit of God is going to supernaturally help you. And there's some of you here today. He's going to take you out of that rut. And you're going to start moving forward. That you thought you could never move forward. He's going to do it right now in Jesus' name. To re-engage, to roll up our sleeves again and to work for the cause of the kingdom of God. Because there are still many, many lives at stake. It's time to partner with God in building his church, not only here but around the world. It's time to renew your commitment and dedication to God and, and, and what he has called you to for your future. It's time for forward momentum. So what do we need to do to have forward momentum? Number one, you need to recognize what God is doing. It's important that you recognize that the grace of God and that you and I have experienced. Because although the last two years have been hard, we've had the grace of God that has been sustaining us. Aware of the scale and the magnitude of what God is doing. We're reminded that what's happening here is not natural, but it's supernatural. It's God building his house to show his glory and to reach the lost. Ephesians 2.19, I love it how it's said in the message. It says, God is building a home and he's using us all. Did you hear that? He's using us all. I don't care where you come from, what your background is, how hard your life has been, but he's using us all irrespective of how we got here and what he is building. Come on. Spa has not been built on the talents of a few, but on the sacrifice of many. And God is enabling all of you as we step into to be part of something that he is building. And that's why it's important that you recognize what God is doing. So recognize what God is doing. Recognize that he is present. Be reminded it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Come on. Can we give him a shout of praise for this? Can we give him all the glory that he deserves today that he has done? It's not because of us. It's not because of good strategies. It's not because of great leadership. It's not because of faith. But it's because of the faithfulness and the goodness and the mercy of God who has always been faithful and always has a final say. 
Give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make him known among the nations what he's done and what he is doing. God has been doing amazing things, and he's still doing amazing things. Secondly, if you want forward momentum, you're going to have to live with a faith-filled expectancy. A faith-filled expectancy. What are you believing for in this next year? What are you believing for in the next five, ten years? Do you believe that God is able to fulfill the scripture that God can do more than we could ask or imagine? Do you have expectation of the goodness of God? In Isaiah 54, 2 to 3 and 4, it says, Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Oh, yeah, you're getting excited. Well, look what the message version says. Are you ready? Message version says, clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large. Spread out. Think big. Use plenty of rope. Drive the tent pegs deep. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. <laughs> This is a prophetic word. God is saying, believe me for big things no matter where you are today. Believe God for bigger things, to do the miraculous, to do the impossible through your life and in your church. Believe that God answers prayer. Believe that he's the God who wants to do more than we can ask or imagine. Believe that God who gives you the vision is also the God who is the provision Come on, somebody. You know, believe that the God who started a thing is also the one who will bring it to, to completion. Believe that God, the God who has called you is also the God who will qualify you. Believe it, church. Just as a people of Israel, if you lose your faith expectancy, you will lose your forward momentum. Many times we say the best is yet to come or the best is in front of you, right? That's not just a nice slogan that we say. It's actually a faith-building affirmation that tells us we know that God has great things in store for us. Listen, this is important. It's not enough for me and the pastor to believe that God is going to do amazing and powerful things through your life and through your church. It's not enough for your pastors to believe that, but it's profoundly important that you believe that. That you believe that. It's important that you believe the best is in front of you. It's important that you believe that God is able to do more than you can ask or imagine. It's important that you live with this expectancy, faith that says on any given day, God can show up and do something miraculous and supernatural. And you know what? He probably will. Expect the supernatural. Come on, church. Expect miracles. Can we expect the move of God? Can we expect the power of God's spirit among us? Can we expect the abundance and the provision of God? Can we expect God's transformation to be a work in your life and in our church and in our city? Expect what then what you seek God and he's going to show up and himself show you faithfulness and powerful. Is there anything I've seen God do over and over and over again in my life, in my ministry? is that there's always a move of God on the other side of your obedience there's always a move of God on the other side of your crossing always and some of you you haven't taken a step forward in a long time and it's time today with the help of God's spirit and empowerment to step forward all you need to do is take one step forward in faith 
So I was telling you about our work in Italy and a church that we were getting ready to plant with a couple called Vincenzo and Numa, a young couple, cream of the crop leaders in the nation, influential all throughout the nation. They had a ministry that they go into high schools and do high school assemblies. And uh, just pre-pandemic, in a, in a span of, of 12 months in a year, they were invited and they spoke to over um, 15,000 students across the nation of Italy in high school assemblies. And they talk about suicide, identity, low self-esteem, addiction, gaming, you name it. They, they tackle all of these topics in a very creative way. And when they first started, the school system said, you know, be careful, you know, don't preach, don't say Jesus, don't say God, all these things. But the kids were responding so positive to their message. It, they were being flooded, the professors, the teachers, they were being flooded by the response that they came to a point where they said, just say whatever you want to say, yeah. preach. And the guy's standing, he's preaching the gospel all throughout these. And so cream of the crop. And they started a center in their town called Giuliano years ago to reach out kids off the streets. And that went on for several years and kids got saved. The parents started getting saved. And then while they were in our training program in power, they, they felt a strong call saying from God that they wanted to plant a church that was going to model this ethos of reaching young people and their families. And so we were getting ready. The church was going to be, is, is going to be called Connect Church. And then we were getting ready. We are getting the team ready. And then the pandemic happened. <laughs> and uh, Vincenzo calls me and says, so what are we going to do? Like, what, you know, and you got to know that Italy was, after China, was the first country that went into lockdown for 70 days. And uh, I says, well, you guys can't gather, so we're not going to put pressure. Don't worry about gathering. But, Vincenzo, what I want you to do is take your team, pray, and find out what are some of the needs, the felt needs in the community, that you guys can be salt and light, you can be hope to people during this very dark time. And so they, they, they prayed, and they ended up giving out 5,000 masks. They gave out, uh, they fed 200 families, and they had a partnership with the local grocery. They had a donation from one of the churches in, in the north that gave, sent money to the grocery store. And when the grocery store found out what it was for, they doubled it. And they were able to feed 200 families during a pandemic. And during lockdown, they delivered prescriptions to the elderly, and uh, they gave out 500 Bibles. And in the midst of that phenomenon, they were touching lives, bringing hope, and people started getting saved. And they didn't even plant the church yet. They didn't have their official launch. And so this was in 2020. Finally, in June of 2021, we were able to plant the church over, and we did it outside because it was still uh, warm, good weather. It was June of 2021. And... We launched this new church with nine new believers getting water baptized. I want you to see this video so you can see it for yourself. Isn't that beautiful? You say, why did you show us that video clip? I'm showing you this because I'm trying to stir up your faith. To let you know that God is at work. And he is working right here, right now. He's working. He's doing something. And... Uh, um, every one of those people that you saw in that, in that video getting water baptized, and I'm so glad to hear you're having a water baptism service next week. 
is, uh, has a story. But it took, it took us a step of faith. It took us to engage. It took us to invest financially to see that miracle happen. I mean, who plants a church in the middle of a pandemic while churches are shut down? Hello? And so uh, it's going to take that. If you want forward momentum, you need to live with that faith-filled expectancy that there is more. Church, there is more. There's more to be done. And if you're going to have forward momentum and be ready for your future, you're going to need that. And you're going to need to engage now. It's time to engage. You need to do all that you can now. It's time. It's not time to sit back. It's not time to watch. But it's time to roll up our sleeves. And it's time to get back to work, church. Or say, if God is going to do it, then it will just happen. But no, 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 no. That's not the way it works. It's going to take action and total engagement from our part. And we get ready and engage now. We, we engage with prayer. And so come on out to the, to, the, to the prayer time that was announced before you. Prayer has everything to do with the future. Future you and I experience. In fact, prayer predicts the future for us. So show me your prayer life and I'll tell you what's going to happen to you and through God. If we don't pray, we're on our own. But if we seek God and we, we, we can see him do the miraculous, if you and I call on his name, we're going to see our lives move from the ordinary to the extraordinary. How many of you want to get into the extraordinary? You're tired of the ordinary. You're tired of the same old thing. You're tired of just going in circles and cycles. And so we're going to have to watch that as we pray. We, you need to engage in, in, in serving. You need to get back to serving. You need to plug in. You need, you, you, you need to serve enthusiastically. You need to serve passionately, diligently, with no strings attached. We serve because we are compelled to see people's lives changed. Amen? We serve at the door. We greet. We do connections. We do kids. We do youth. We do dream team. We do parking attendant. We do all these things. Please don't ever underestimate the power of you serving and how it makes a difference in the lives of people. Serving in the house is powerful, and it actually changes lives. There was a brother who I went to the washroom and was coming in. He says, hey, do you have a bottle of water? And he's like, I go, no. He said, and he ran downstairs. He says, wait there. Ran downstairs, and he came, and he brought me the bottle of water. Can we run for every person that walks through these doors? That's the welcome culture that God wants to put in his church. You need to engage by giving. You need to be generous. Be generous with your time. Be generous with your talent. Be generous with your availability, your service, your hospitality. How many lives have been touched and impacted because of what you have been investing for the kingdom? When, when you are generous with your time and talent and finances, you are creating space for the gospel to go forward. You're creating opportunities for more people to be changed and set free and transformed by the power of God. Every time you give, not only are you setting the table for people's lives to be changed, but you are also setting the table for your life to be changed. Because every time you give 
and invest, God will pay you back with interest. You can be sure of that. Jesus said so. He said anyone who sacrifices houses and lands in this life will not fail to receive a hundred times as much in his life and the life to come. I think that's like 10,000% if you do the calculations. You might say, do you give to get, pastor? No, I give because I want to invest. I give because I love the Lord. I give because I love to see the cause of Christ expand and go forth. I give because I want to see the kingdom of God expand all over because I believe that my generosity keeps moving the message of the gospel forward. I give because I believe my generosity today can become someone else's source of good news and someone else's source of hope that they need today because my generosity has the full potential to be an open door for someone else's moment of transformation in God. How many of you believe that this morning? That my generosity can make a difference in one life, in one project, in one village, in one town, in one city, and one nation. And today God invites us to live a generous lifestyle. What does that look like for you? What are you willing to risk? What are you willing to say yes to today? Because it's time to take action with your generosity. Commit to doing something because doing nothing is not an option, church. Yeah, you might say, oh, man, we're in economic crises. We're, it, things are so uncertain. We got we to gotta pull back. We gotta, no, you know what we need to do? We need to step forward in faith and believe that God, Jehovah Jireh, is still my provision. He's still the God who has a thousand cattle on the hill. He's still the God of abundance, and he's going to come through for you. But he wants to see your action of generosity put in faith. I give with anticipation that God is going to use it to touch people's lives. That God is going to change people's future. You saw the lives in the video. And I'm going to close. Maybe the keyboard player can come. Just the keyboard player. That God is going to change people's lives for the future. And that's why I'm generous. And the lives that you saw in that video, you saw the lives were changed in that video. These were raw converts changed and transformed in the middle of a pandemic because there was a group of people who wanted who loved their city who loved their God and decided they're going to be generous and they're going to invest and they're going to touch people's lives and give people hope and that's why we do what we do and each of those people have a story of transformation Manuel a refugee from Nigeria in Italy come on discovering his new identity in God and the family of God Armando, coming from a family where his father was never present, now finding only to discover his heavenly father who will never leave or abandon him. Giuseppe, coming out of a life of addiction to now living in complete freedom and serving God fully. Adriana, set free from anxiety and fear. Veronica, the, the, you know, she was delivered by depression in her past. Anna, healed from the pain she had been carrying for so long in her life, now completely free. Vincenzo, this is another guy. He was on the video, but that was the first water baptism. We just had the third water baptism in October. 20 new people baptized in water after, after 15 months of planting the church. And this Vincenzo guy, he came to Connect Church to attend his mother's water baptism in July. And he got saved. And he had gone through a difficult season of his life. In fact, he was framed by a gang for a crime he did not commit and he served time in house arrest he was totally struggling to get his life together he was living common law with his fiance and they had a daughter together 
But his life was turned around at that water baptism of his mother. And he and his fiance decided they were going to live pure for that last month. And in October of this past fall, he got married on Friday. He got baptized on Sunday. And they dedicated their daughter after the water baptism. Come on. We get ready for the future and having forward momentum by engaging now and having a faith expectancy. And today the Holy Spirit is saying, come on, let's go. Keep declaring the good news. Let's go about doing good in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Come on, church. Let's bring light from heaven into the dark places. Let's bring the freedom of Jesus to those that are bound up. Let's be the salt and the light. Let's bring hope where there is despair and hopelessness. Let's bring blessing where there is cursing. Let's bring joy where there is sadness. Let's, let's see some miracles released in Jesus' name. Let's see the spiritual awakening take place among us and let it spill into the city in our neighborhoods. And if you're not doing anything now you're missing on the opportunity to be part of an amazing and incredible future and God is saying forward momentum church would you stand to your feet this morning